please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. And so we arrive at the fourth and final Sunday in Advent. Are you ready for this season of waiting to be over? Are you ready to move from waiting into celebration? On these Sundays of Advent, and in between Sundays for some of us, we have focused on our spiritual yearning. We have focused on our yearning for God. We have sung our invitation to the one who comes to us anew in this season. We have sung poet George Herbert's words in the hymn that we have used to respond to the lighting of the Advent wreath, these words inviting our way, our truth, our life, our light, our feast, our strength, our joy, our love, our heart. Consider how these words reflect what we know of God. And this morning, we sang also Kathy Shinsky's words, inviting the one who is our past, our now, and our hope. And you'll get to hear one more set of words if you're here on Christmas Eve. We have sung these words that offer some language to describe who and what we yearn for when we yearn for God. We are still in Advent, but on this fourth Sunday in Advent, we are so close to Christmas. So close that we are more aware of our yearning for celebration. It has been a difficult season in the world, this Advent. We are aware of upheaval in our world that rivals anything we find in the Bible. Unjust events have heightened our yearning for justice. And this week there is more. The incomprehensible massacre of school children by the Taliban in Peshawar, Pakistan. The brutal murder of two police officers in Brooklyn. The violence of our world continues. It provides a painful backdrop to this season when we yearn for a different way. A painful contrast to what we believe is God's way, which is so very different from what we are seeing in the world. A United Church of Christ pastor in Massachusetts shared a prayer poem for this Sunday that speaks to so much of what I've been feeling in this season. I want to share part of it. It has been a rocky journey, Holy One, this Advent waiting. The world has been fraught with terror and violence, disease and illness, the killing of innocents, the grief of mothers, the righteous anger born out of systemic racism and injustice. It has not been a peaceful, hopeful, pregnant waiting but rather a gestation of questions 
and lament and anxious wondering about creation gone awry. O deep and wide God, draw us close into the warm breath of love. May your light begin to flicker as we make our way to the place of the birth of you in this tumultuous time. It has been a rocky journey, Holy One, this Advent waiting, a gestation of questions and lament. We are still in Advent, but so close now to Christmas, and this is the backdrop of our yearning to celebrate, a rocky Advent journey, a world fraught with terror and violence and with righteous anger, anxious wondering about creation gone awry. Yet still, we try to make our way to the place of the birth of God in this tumultuous time. Today we focus our, on our yearning to celebrate because we read Mary's story and there is so much rejoicing in it. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and greets her by saying, Rejoice, favored one. Then later, Mary sings, saying, In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. I love the way today's translation phrases that. In the depths of who I am. So the yearning we focus on today is our own yearning to celebrate, because we want to participate in Mary's rejoicing. And maybe it is also our focus today because it is that time of year, a time when we're supposed to celebrate. And by the way, if you're feeling the supposed to more than the celebration, I hope you will come back this evening for our blue Christmas service. That's exactly what it's for. There are celebrations and then there are celebrations. Some of our celebrating will happen with too much food and too much wine and too many sweets and spending too much money. Some of our celebrating will fill our calendars beyond even their usual busyness. And this celebrating, I expect, will only deepen that spiritual yearning down in the depths of who we are, because it will not satisfy our spiritual yearning. And some of our celebrating will be with friends and family, but also with extra places at the table so that we can draw the circle of community wider some of our celebrating will happen with extra generous giving to the organizations that work for the greater good in this tumultuous world. Some of our celebrating will happen with the gift of time to sit with someone or time to write a note to someone who will be grateful and blessed to be remembered by you. And some of our celebrating will happen with singing and prayer and attention to the words of scripture for this season. And this celebrating, I expect, will speak to our deepest yearning, will begin to satisfy our yearning to see what God is doing in this world and to join in on God's activity. Of course, the line between these two ways of celebrating is a blurry line. I suspect that most of us will include some of both kinds of celebration this season. 
the celebrations that only increase our yearning for something more, and the celebrations that begin to satisfy our yearning. When we meet Mary this morning, she doesn't start out celebrating. The first hint we have of what Mary is feeling is that the scripture tells us she is confused. The angel Gabriel greets her, and Mary is confused by his words. And then the angel says to her, don't be afraid. So we can guess that perhaps Mary is feeling afraid. But after her conversation with Gabriel, Mary sings. Mary's song is a song of celebration, not so much a song of yearning. But I think that just as our song for this season has expressed some of what we yearn for God to be and do, Mary's song expresses some of what she yearns for God to be and do, and what she believes God is and what God does. For Mary, God is her Savior. God is one who favors her, and with her all others who share her lowly status. God is mighty and does great things. God is holy. God is merciful. God is strong. God is one who scatters the proud and arrogant and lowers the powerful. God is one who lifts up the lowly, who feeds the hungry, but turns the rich away empty. Mary not only yearns for this God, a God of justice, Mary believes in a God of justice. And Mary's faith and yearning personify God in these ways. God is someone who has these qualities. God is someone who does these things. This is what Mary yearned for. What do you yearn for? What do you long for God to be and long for God to do? George Herbert's yearnings are different from Mary's. They don't personify God at all. One way you might say that is that Herbert's longing is for God to be something to him, as opposed to Mary's yearning for God to be someone to her. Herbert's expressions of yearning tend more to the qualities and characteristics of this God he yearns for. But although Herbert's language for his yearning doesn't personify God, his words are deeply personal. In every verse, Herbert expresses a sense of deeply personal connection to the God he yearns for, and the way he uses that word, my. Come, my way, my truth, my life. Come, my light, my feast, my strength. Come, my joy, my love, my heart. He yearns for God to be these things in a deeply personal way, woven into the fabric of his life and being. And Mary's yearnings for God, though they personify God, are not only personal but also global. Mary speaks of God in relation not only to herself, but in relation to the arrogant and the lowly, and the hungry and the rich. So in these weeks, you have had the invitation before you to look deeply at your own spiritual yearning, your own yearning for God. We have looked at the words of poetry 
and of scripture and at the events of our world to help us see and name our yearnings. And today, so close to Christmas, so ready to move from waiting and longing into celebration, I think Mary's song of celebration and yearning can guide our move from waiting into celebrating. Mary started out confused and afraid, every bit as confused and afraid as we might be as we look at the events of our world, as confused and afraid as we might be as we wonder where we fit in, what we can do, how we can make a difference. But Mary moves from confusion and fear to celebration. And how? How does Mary move from confusion and fear to celebration? Mary makes this move by sharing God's vision for God's overarching concern, which is a concern for her, but is also much bigger than her. Mary catches God's vision for a reordered world. Mary catches a vision of a God who cares particularly for those with a low status, for the hungry. Mary catches a vision of a God who challenges and displaces the proud, the arrogant, the powerful, and the rich. This is the God who can answer our own yearnings. This is a window into God's concerns and God's work in the world. It is a window and it is also an invitation to join in wherever we see God at work in the world, where we see the hungry being fed, the lowly lifted up, and yes, where we see the rich and powerful being displaced. These are the places we can join in to be a part of God's transformative work in the world. And this is cause for celebration. This is answer to much of our yearning. We have deeply personal yearnings, like Herbert, and our own yearnings include our awareness of the world around us. We have a God who does respond to the deepest and most personal yearnings of our hearts but who does not stop there. We have a God whose very nature demonstrates concern for rearranging the unjust social structures for the sake of those who find themselves on the bottom. May you encounter God in this holy season, the God who satisfies the yearnings of your hearts and the God whose own heart is for the lowly and the hungry. For this indeed is reason to celebrate. Amen.